What I want to know is this question you prompted. That's what is the last retail store you went to that wasn't a big box, a Target slash Walmart? Um, I think the last one I went to, or a grocery store, I guess, which is not technically a retail store. That's fair. Um, I went to PetSmart, <laughs> um, but only because it was adjacent to a Target. If it, I probably would have bought the stuff on Amazon <laughs> if it wasn't like right, literally right there. Yeah, it's so. so yeah, it, it, and I guess I bought I bought a snail for my fish tank, which I can't really get on Amazon. So I guess that was it. That's fair. It it's been a long time. I I do go to Best Buy because not to ever I've never like stepped foot to wander or to look for something that I haven't pre boughten pre purchased. But their their video game stuff is slightly better than the like Amazon. So you get like the twenty percent off already. But but bleh, but Best Buy will also match like used games when you're in their system. And uh, we've briefly talked about, we'll probably have another topic at some point, but uh, I no longer subscribe to Amazon Prime or any of that stuff. So the Best Buy one, when there's a new game out, I actually will do that. And I am literally walking distance from a Best Buy. Um, You don't just download, you just don't download games? No, because they're cheaper when you go through these things. These big box things, you get like 20% off and stuff like that when you do them. And there's a lot of games. There are a few that I will... I don't play that many games anymore. I'll I'll buy two or three, three or four a year. Um, But there there are very few games that I won't want to resell or take back because I... You know, I I don't live with them for years at a time, mm. uh, so there's actually some games I like buying physically because then I can resell them. <laughs> but I have not gone in there to do anything other than go up to the pickup counter and pick up the game and leave. <laughs> I I will do window shopping at Best Buy because they have they since like re like changed how they kind of did like a 180 on what they were. To like this thing where they're like little islands that are basically little stores within the store. So they'll have their little. You mean like when they uh, had their music department that went belly up in like three years after they started trying to compete with Guitar Center? <laughs> yes. No, what I mean is like they'll have like the Samsung section and they'll have the Windows section and right. they'll have the Apple section and they'll have the Chrome OS section, right? Or the Google section, whatever you want to call it. Um, I kind of like that because I feel like, oh, I get to see sort of a little bit of this stuff that I don't usually get to see. Yeah. Um, and that's, and I've only, that's another thing. Like, I, I, I don't make a purposeful journey there. It's like, if it's like in a retail space that I'm already there, I'm like, okay, if I have nothing to do, I'll check out what Best Buy has. Yeah. Just, but with no plan to buy anything, I rarely ever buy anything. Big ticket items, I will absolutely not buy at Best Buy because I have, I'm the opposite of you. I subscribe to Amazon Prime and I buy everything on an Amazon Prime rewards card. So I know even if it's the same price, if I buy it with my Amazon Prime right. rewards card, I'm getting 5% back. So why would I buy it here unless I absolutely need it now? What I, yeah, probably the last time I went into a Best Buy to just wander around, I, no joke, think I was like just in the aisles was like, Hey, how's it going? Hey, can I help you find anything? Hey, uh, we have this cool credit card. Do you think you'd be interested in signing up? Like, <laughs> no, uh, 
I mean, you, you get a lot of stuff. Are you sure you're not interested? I was like, it, it happened four or five times in like a 20, not 20 seconds, but probably a five minute stretch. Like no joke. It was just, I was pelted with people coming up to me, asking me if I wanted a credit card, like in do, the do, aisle. <laughs> and it was so ridiculous. They and hated do you, it. Do you want the five-year replacement plan on that also? That and the geek squad, whatever, where they don't hire people where they don't hire people who actually know computers, they hire salespeople. Coming from when I used, like back in high school, and I had friends who worked there who were legit computer people who left because they just wanted salespeople. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, something like that happened to me. This was back a while ago, but it was, I was looking for a TV. And that's the one thing that maybe sometimes you want to go in and see. But now I've gotten to the point where I just trust the reviews. I'm like, all right, this says it's one of the best if it's the wire cutter right and it says this is the best tv for the price why do i need to go see it they said it they have experts why my my eyes my eyes that are on demo mode that are on like the super vivid blow out your retina yeah you know that works yeah exactly but this person so i'm there i'm looking at this tv and i'm interested in it and then i'm talking i want him to talk like he doesn't want to talk about the tv he wants to talk about buying gold-plated hdmi cables and <laughs> i not tell ever him, buy the gold-plated yes anything. and i tell him basically it's a digital signal either it gets there or it doesn't the gold will do it's nothing for literally you. And it was, he was absolutely not having it at all yeah so yeah they, there's these sales techniques that are ruining like the good experience yeah because it's it's not that and because when you're already an informed buyer, you're doing your research beforehand, which yeah, again, when you're, you're doing your research, th- this gets back to the whole topic of this whole, like, you know, retail is like slowly dying. You have this retail wasteland kind of thing. You, when you're informing yourself, you're doing the research online. It makes sense. Like there's so few reasons why you would ever do as an informed buyer, do your research online do all the justification, do all the comparisons, know what you're going to buy, then try to go out. Also, this is the other part. This is with everything. This is with groceries and stuff, which I hate buying stuff physically because you can't find crap. <laughs> like Everything's buried in a way that you can't just search bar for. <laughs> well, not, not even that. They specifically set these stores up so you walk by all this other crap to get to your crap because yeah. they want to, they, they think you're a child and will impulse buy everything. Yeah. So we have a couple articles and I'll let you lead the way here, but there's a few articles about a bunch of recent liquidations. Like we've seen Sears completely liquidate all their stuff. We're now seeing uh, Payless Shoes, which is probably not really germane to what we're talking about, but you have a whole nother company just going belly up, basically filing for bankruptcy protection because people don't even buy shoes anymore online. You know, you have Zappos, you have all these other things. And even if you don't use Zappos, like everyone has a, has a, uh, a, um, like a return purchase and nobody, like nobody wants to go to a store where you also know that you're going to spend more money because they have to pay for the, the storefront. So it's like, it makes total sense that you want to buy things online and just return them when it doesn't work. Yeah, and like you said, search with a search bar. Have you know filtering my things? Not that I will have flashbacks about building filtering systems, but I can you know I can get to what exactly I want. You know I don't have to, especially buying shoes. Buying shoes is horrible. You know you have to ask the person that to go in the back and say they don't have your size for like three 
kinds of shoes in a row, right. you know? So, like, in this case, you can go to Zappos or even go to Amazon or there's plenty of places to buy shoes. I'm sure there's more specialized women's places to buy shoes as well that I am not aware of. But, um, yeah, that's so easy. And then you said, yeah, you buy them. They have, the great, they have a great return policy. People are now trusting that, right? I think there was a lot of apprehension before. I think Amazon is probably the real breakthrough, but uh, a lot of apprehension with the fact that, oh, I bought I bought it online, now I can't return it. And now even Amazon has returns at Kohl's, which is maybe another thing to talk about, which is like, that was hilarious. I one time ever, because I I think it, and it's, Amazon's always weird because they have things that look like you bought them from Amazon, but they're not really bought yeah, from Amazon. Yeah, like the third party uh, business going yeah. on. So, yeah, so if you return a third party thing, you can't do it. But if you return a thing that is sold by Amazon, if you have a local Kohl's store, they will rebox it up for you and ship it out for you. You just have to say in the, like, when you click on Amazon return, say return it at Kohl's, then you show the man a barcode, oh. he packs it for you, and, you know... That's nice because I, I have done yeah. that before where you go to return it and you uh, like you can deliver it straight to the UPS and they'll kind of box it and do the final scan for you and stuff. You just show them mm -hmm. the, the, the uh, QC or QR. Yeah, they, QR. yeah, yeah, QR code. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And even then, that's actually they have some Amazon really hasn't nailed with the returns because when you scan, when then even when UPS scans the return, that's marked as returned already. That's like your job is returning it to UPS. It doesn't actually have to get there. Yeah, you know? the, so the they process start processing is good enough. The return. Yeah, the process yeah. is enough. They'll figure it out from there. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, I had this experience where I'm returning this thing to Kohl's, and they have the Amazon return thing, like right when you get in like you would normally walk straight into Kohl's and then like there's Kohl's right mm -hmm. but like if you took a left turn I saw this giant line longer line more people than are actually in Kohl's are standing at the Amazon <laughs> return, return counter <laughs> yes it's a it was pretty amazing and there were more people busiest people two busiest people in the store were the people like matting the Amazon return counter like That's the person amazing. in front of me the person in front of me was like uh, returning like cologne or something, and I, I don't remember what I was returning. It, it was something very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it was they actually did something very interesting. So when you walked in, I don't think every Coles has this that is participating, but this one did. Is they had like an Amazon, a little like pop up Amazon store around the return area so it had like alexas and it had like alexa powered lights and all these other things sure yeah that you could that you could buy there like kindles and all this other stuff and when i returned it they actually gave you a 20 percent off coupon at the store so i actually went and i bought an, uh, a water pick actually which that that 20 percent, you know kohl's right where everything is on sale and they, they're always having kohl's cash and coupons and stuff like that but it's right. never a good deal this was actually a good deal because it was on sale and it took another 20 20 percent off of it so it that's was actually, actually that's so brilliant to turn the retail or the return shopping into a uh it is very smart into like a marketing funnel where you get a discount <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they continue to do that, I don't know if they'll give you another 20% coupon. If they did, I'll be returning things more at Kohl's, I'll tell you that. I'm sure they do. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, there's somewhere there's a marketing line that tells you it is worth it to, you're already in this, you already, I, I feel like returning 
in some way is a goodwill towards the company. Like you feel better when you can return it. So let's prime them now. Uh, it's certainly interesting to me. Uh, do you, have you ever been to one of the Amazon stores, like the pop-up stuff other than like that Coles thing? Like, have you ever been to like the physical ones that they're, they're setting up? The Am- what Amazon pop-ups are you talking about? Are you talking about Amazon Go or they have other pop-ups where you can buy like Amazon? No, stuff? like more like Go or like what's in Seattle and stuff like that. I have not. There is one in Chicago. I think the only one outside of Seattle right now is in Chicago. But unlike the ones in Seattle, it's not open on the weekends and it's out of my way. So I have not gone there. Maybe yeah. that we can do a field trip and actually go there. I think it's um, in one of the central train stations in the loop. Yeah, it's very, it's sort of out of my way. Yeah, yeah. it's like m- way more downtown than I am. But so, so yeah, I would love to, I would love to go there. I have definitely read a lot about the technology that goes into it and sort of their experiments. I am very interested in basically Amazon. Now, it's kind of very ironic that Amazon is, is, is experimenting with physical locations. They've also been doing this with bookstores. There's an Am- physical Amazon yeah. bookstore. There's there were a couple a couple other things like that. Funny about the Amazon bookstore, I, the way that they organize the bookstore is dictated about the data on Amazon. So they will have like a section that is four or four star plus books. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of genius. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you certainly have that much data. Like, it, it's one of those things too. It's that's a whole nother thing. You know, my goal is not to to praise Amazon in any of this because they, I mean, they certainly are the cream of the crop. In yeah, well, they're to, the like, 500 purchasing. pound gorilla, right? Yeah, I mean, by far, yeah. But, you know, again, like Amazon has a lot of their own problems. Like they're not a holy company by any means. But, you know, you have like, it is interesting. Like there are companies that spent, used to spend so much money on marketing and still do on market research for like product placement and all this stuff. And then you have Amazon come in or somebody who is very data back who could track things and be like, no, we know what people actually look for. Like we know what pairs well, and it's not a hundred percent always going to be, you bought this fiction book. So you'll like this fiction book. You know, there, there are differences and you know, you start to, you start to see that you see the customers also purchased this, but you know, I, I think it's interesting that like it, it's one of those things. It's, it's so easy to say, well, obviously online is a better shopping experience and in most ways it is, but you know, it is, it's interesting. I don't care so much that, Sears or somebody who's sort of a failed business model of a bygone era is leaving. But what I think is interesting are, you know, some articles that we have pulled up and we can kind of bring to the show notes that like the ways that Amazon and their, the ways that they did things, not just the fact that they sell toys, but like legitimately uh, was sort of predatory against Toys R Us and stuff like that. And it's like you take everything bad that they did and you just sort of like, uh, you know, can kind of capitalize on some of that. Or you have stuff, uh, there's some articles here. There's a couple, there's a Medium article uh, by the author team is called Futures Protocol that says, you know, New York City transforms into a um, a retail wasteland. It basically says, you know, the gentrification that's coming into New York City and the suburbs, the Queens, the Bronx, the Upper East Side, stuff like that is raising prices so much that these mom and pop stores just can't survive anymore and it's it's that thing where you get into it's like 
you could have a, a great product. Uh, you know, you have these mom and pop shops that people always say they love, but in the end, it just, they, they fail in today's economy because again, like that kind of gentrification thing pops up and it just drives out business. So then you just have these conglomerate systems that come in place. And it's like, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Are the, are these the, uh, Brooklyn retail stores that are selling uh, $50 artisanal pickles? <laughs> I mean, you know, some of that for sure, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, it's crazy to think about that kind of retail landscape and how much it's changed just over the last, I, mean, I want to say 10 or 20 years. I'm. Yeah. We could probably have a whole discussion how it's changed in the last year, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and I think there's there is a higher at least with like bigger brands there is this um, bigger uh, propensity to do pop up stores in like influential areas. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Samsung is planning that with the Samsung Galaxy Ten launch. Um, I think New York, LA, and Texas actually. I mean, you saw um, it with Google- like the iPad during one of I, I think it was the iPad two during South by Southwest of. Well, yeah, in 2012 or something like that. And yeah. they've certainly gone on since then. Google had that with their hardware store. There's actually one very close to me in Wicker Park here that is actually very cool. Like I actually saw the, I did like a, cause I was trying to find it with Google maps and it was, it was like an old street view, right? Mm-hmm. They, they basically built a new building. Like it is like completely new, like for a pop-up that they like, they have so much money and so much clout. Right. They built this whole thing. And I think there's a propensity towards not just products, but experiences. So that Google, I don't know if you've been to it, that Google pop up shop. No, um, I didn't. It actually is kind of half Apple store and then half like experience zone. Right. Not ESPN zone. But it's like so you go down, you you walk in and, you know, everyone is like not salesy at all. Right. They're there to like be super friendly ambassadors. Right. And it kind of looks like a nice Apple store experience, wood tables, the products are on there. Um, and they have a theme, right? They call it the hardware store. Get it because it's new hardware, but they're like theme, like um, they're wearing like smocks and stuff. Like they're working mm-hmm. at like, uh, you know, what can, what kind of project can I help you with kind of thing. Um, but it was kind of cool because like the way they built it is they'll be asking, they'll be you'll be asking questions and like say, Oh, I want to know about the case for the phone. And then there's a drawer like underneath the phone that has like all like the concept drawings and the, the fabric patterns that they use to make the cases. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. And then you could walk up to this, like the experience center, which they had like different zones. Like one was like, you could, they had all the new products and they were in these like tool, they call them toolboxes, but it was basically like a box that had like a battery in it. So like it had like the Google home and then you could take it and go sit down and go chill out and like play with it. Or it was the new pixel phone or it was the new tab, the new Chrome tablet. You can go, go actually experience it. It's trying to replicate exactly why I think this is why Amazon likes having the return system in place because the, you know, or these places have like 365 day return stuff because like you want to live with it for a while. Like you want to test things in a real way. 
Yeah, I don't, and I also don't want to test it where it's like super glued to like an anti-theft device, so I can't actually feel how thick it is or feel right. how it feels in my hand, or even actually use it in a reasonable manner. And the one final last thing that I had that I thought was the coolest was they called it the treehouse, but it was basically a miniature house that they styled to look like a treehouse, but it had all the things a house would have into it, and it was like a super home automation thing. So it had a Google Home in it, but it had a Nest doorbell. So then you would. You know, you hit the doorbell and then you see it pop up on the Google Home and you walk in and then you say these routines and like lights would flash and then it would have like a bunch of little like Easter eggs and stuff. So, yeah, I see this propensity towards like you're going to buy it online, so I don't care about you buying it here. I, I care about you having a good feeling towards my products and brands and having a good experience and then and then going and buying it and then maybe telling your friends. Yeah, it's the whole reason, like, supposedly there's this whole thing about, like, where the Apple store would have uh, MacBook screens and iPads kind of tilted in a weird way so that you'd have to physically hold it. Like, once you're holding it, like, you start to feel it and you start to get in the groove with it and stuff like that. But it's funny, we, we talk about all this stuff and all we're talking about is Amazon and Google and Apple. <laughs> and it feels like that's exactly the problem is that just this, this doesn't allow, this doesn't allow anyone like how to theoretically, not that any, either of us are in any good place to open a store, but it's like, what do you do? What do you do if you have any idea? Like how do you enter into a market where you know, the odds are so much more stacked up against you. Not just like because some businesses fail, but it's like because Apple's going to start a cupcake delivery service and there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) Well, cupcake ATMs are the future. I don't know if... Have you actually ever... There's a cupcake ATM in Chicago. Uh So it's... uh, Sprinkles. You've been there? Yes, it's genius and they have the best cupcakes. I hope they could one day be a sponsor. Uh, but I, I, if someone came to me, I don't know why they would ask me business advice, even though I'm a person who sold a business. But uh, I would ne- I never recommend for them to have a physical store space unless it's so specific. Yeah. Like, I think through marketing efforts, whether that's social media or YouTube or SEO or general, like you can get the word out about your product, Patreon, uh, Kickstarter, all those kind of things. I think there's a there's many ways to get the word out about your product without having a physical storefront, especially in a major city that has foot traffic where you're paying thousands and thousands of dollars a month, $10,000 a month in some cases or, or more. Throw that into Google AdWords. Throw that into social media ads, you know? Um, and then, you, then you're not just selling to the people who walk by your store. You're selling to the entire world. And these people... You know, you can you know have an e-commerce site, but you can also sell on Amazon, right? Nothing's preventing someone who has this idea to sell their product on Amazon. There's a not a huge barrier to entry to do that. Yeah, I mean that's kind of where the food truck industry started. Was this idea of like we're not we're no longer going to pay for corporate overhead for retail space. We can do this and move on, and we can do what we're going to do. And exactly, you and because of social media and all this stuff, it was very easy to find them, them to say where they were, you to get their menu. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole thing where it's same idea. Yeah, you know, definitely another topic where we just talk about like office overhead, retail space, and that kind of stuff. And it's it, it's I, I imagine it has to be tough. It has to be brutal. I mean, it, again, the food truck thing is such a 
it's not really revolutionary, but like when you consider why restaurants fail, a lot of that I'm pretty sure I'd be willing to bet is because of the office management like overhead that comes from it. And the fact that you're stuck in one space and you can't move anywhere from there. It's like, it's very, it's very debilitating once you're stuck yeah. well, somewhere. That's, that's true. But if you've ever watched Kitchen Nightmares, I am never going to any restaurant ever again. That's not a Michelin star restaurant or a fast food restaurant. Because all that in between <laughs> is where all the shit goes down. The literal rat shit goes down. Oh, no, there's, yeah. I have friends who whose parents were constructors or uh, in constructing and uh, you do not want to know what's behind the counters of KFCs and the like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But so the imp- actually impetus for this episode was um, Angela Ahrens, who was the SVP of retail at Apple, is, announced her departure like last week. And she th- she was a very high profile hire when she was hired from Apple because she was CEO of Burberry. She was CEO of this giant company, well-respected company. And everyone's like, why would she go from being CEO of Burberry to being an SVP of retail at Apple? You know, unless maybe you're heir apparent to be CEO or you have, you you know, there's something else. Uh, but, they, you know, Apple being the biggest company in the world, being an SVP at there is probably a bigger responsibility than being CEO of Burberry. Yeah, plus retail. I mean, the expansion that they've done in the last five, ten years is pretty crazy. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's go to show that retail works, but you know, not if you're the little guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it works if you're the little guy. I'm beginning to not think it's going to work if you're the big guy. I have not had a good experience. I don't know about you at Apple in a very long time. I mean, again, as somebody who considers themselves a pretty informed shopper who does their own research, uh, we've talked about this. I don't remember off on the show or not, but you know, I've definitely got into a, an Apple store on a product launch day and heard the people at the Genius Bar say a lot of things that weren't true and <laughs> be like, I know, <laughs> I know these stats up and down. I know these dimensions, the processor, <laughs> yeah. you know, the whole thing. And I, I've, yeah, and I've even been on the other side of that where I've been at the Genius Bar and I feel like that Ron Swanson gift where gift where he's at Home Depot and the Home Depot guy says, <laughs> how, can, how can I help you? And he says, I know more, I know than, more you. than you. Yeah. Um, so, but it was an actual physical problem with my MacBook that I had to like, I brought it in and they're like, well, they can't reproduce, you know, this, ha- and I've heard this story like a million times from a million people, but I'm going to repeat it because it happened to me, which was. I know there's a physical problem with this computer because every time I plug in my monitors or not every, every time, but like every other time or like a good amount of the time it will kernel panic or it will silent. It will actually kernel panic where I'll see the kernel panic screen or it'll silent kernel panic where the screen will just never come back on and I'll have to Mm -hmm. hard reset the computer. And I, you know, and if I wasn't a person who could afford to like, if I was making my livelihood off of this and I couldn't afford to like take the morning off to go to the Apple store to get this fixed, like this would be terrible. Yeah, it'd be you know, done. Cause, cause okay, they're like, well, we can't reproduce it, come back later. Then I had to like call like the business contact, which is like has superpowers at Apple. And like, I'm like, this is really wrong. Oh, I had to send them a video. I sent him a video of me receiving a FaceTime phone call on my MacBook. It, it coming up on the touch bar, right? The the answer 
keys come up on the touch bar. Uh-huh. I try to hit it. I try to hit it. It doesn't work. It like freezes. And then it kernel panics immediately. I had to send it, physically send them a video to prove them that th- <laughs> to prove to them that this was like an insane thing. So then I come in and I'm wait I'm waiting and I I get like the head genius. Right. And the head genius apparently has the power to look at the error logs. None of the other geniuses can look at the error logs on this computer, you know. And then he sees, oh yeah, it's kernel panicking. Here's a new computer. Thank you. You couldn't have done that in the first place. <laughs> and while and while I'm here. They're like I definitely hear them like trying to explain what iCloud is to people, <laughs> and I'm like this is wrong. <laughs> yeah. But moreover, it's the like it's the Seinfeld. You have the reservation. You keep the reservation thing. Where it's like I'm here on time. Why can you not fix my thing? Right? Why do I have to go hang out over here with some kid like slapping around the iPod touches or whatever he's doing? Yeah. You know. Uh, but so. The only thing I saw Angela Aarons, maybe she's doing all these other things. There are good ideas that I think are not well executed, right? They made the Apple stores way more pretty, right? They're, they're, they have their own architecture. And and at least listening, listening to her talk about the retail experience is very interesting because they talked about this. They had this whole like Today at Apple initiative, right? Which mm-hmm. is like this idea of bringing education and bringing people together to be creative and educational at the Apple store. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a very interesting idea. And again, for these big companies to have goodwill to do that. Um, but not when it's in this retail space where everyone just wants to get the new iPad and they don't know where to check out because there's no checkout space. So everyone's like running around with like like chickens with their head cut off. So it's not like a, a conducive to learning these spaces. Um, yeah. And like every, everyone coming in like with their broken screen or their dead battery. Well, a lot of places are starting to adopt uh, some like classroom esque sections and stuff like that. So some of that's growing, but yeah, I certainly, yeah. you know, I see the Well, yeah, point. the idea, and I've talked, and, and she's talked about like these cornerstone stores, these like major stores in major cities should be gathering places where like you can use the Wi Fi and, you know, yeah, do all, the gardens you know, do all that and stuff like that. Like the and the gardens and stuff. Area. And that's yeah. all very interesting, but uh, like uh, the general retail experience is awful, in my opinion. Yeah, but and so is kind of everywhere. I don't know the last time I had a, a superb retail experience, which is why, you know, which is why online is doing what it's doing. 